0: Hi, my name is Ben, welcome to Field & Foley episode 5. Today we have the pleasure of chatting with Amanda Niles, a sound designer who has previously worked on the open world action game Days Gone. They are currently bringing audio to life in Don't Starve Together, especially creature vocals, and enjoy going out for field recording as a hobby. So Amanda, welcome and thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I was really excited when you talked about um, you doing creature vocals uh, in Don't Starve Together. Um, First of all, because I already played it with a buddy of mine and I really enjoyed the sounds. Um, (laughs) But also, um, I didn't get a chance to do much of those yet. Um, Some single creatures, but not like a broad variety. So maybe you can yeah, like start with telling us a bit about um, how many different creatures you do. What's your process there? Maybe there's something interesting here.
1: Yeah, uh, the cool thing about Don't Starve, and it's actually kind of a funny thing, all of the um, the player characters uh, have instruments for voices, mm-hmm. but almost all of the uh, monsters in the world have some kind of human element to their voice. So um, I, I don't do it for every single one, but there's a good amount that I have uh, recorded my own voice. And in the past, uh, uh, Matt Martinson, he's been doing a lot of the voices you probably know Him as the spider and the mm-hmm. turkey, and don't starve. Um, and then Dan also, uh, Dan Gagnon, Danny Gagnon also has a lot of uh, his voice in some of the stuff, so it's it's been cool to kind of see how they did it. And um, I am now the only sound designer on DST. Uh, Matt moved on to a different project a few years ago, and Danny, uh, Moved on to another project, like last year. So um it hasn't been that long since I've been doing it on my own, but it's been fun to kind of push myself to figure out how to do monster vocals because I hadn't
0: done them that much before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and how how do you approach them? Is it like, um do you just start with some vocals um randomly, what comes into your mind and then process stuff? or do you like plan out some kind of path for the for the creatures?
1: Well, the first thing I did was I listened to a lot of their recordings and how they kind of uh interpreted things and a lot of it just seems like very I was worried at first I was like, oh is this like a professional thing? Like do I need to take a class? And the the cool thing about it is it's it's not very professional <laughs> the the voice acting approach to it. Um and it's it's almost like endearing that it's not, it doesn't, you can hear that there's a human in it. Yeah. yeah. So that took a lot of pressure off. It allowed me to have a lot more fun with it. Um, there's, of course you got to spice it up a little bit. So I was trying to think a little bit outside the box for some things that I could do. Um, like for the, uh, the water spider, um, the, the new variant of spider that we introduced in the waterlogged update. Mm -hmm. I actually, uh, I was like gargling water while I was making the monster noises, nice. uh, which I I feel like I legally can't recommend because I did choke a few times. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it led to some really cool, uh, weird watery things that I then uh, crossed with some. I don't remember the exact kind of bird, but it was a weird screechy kind of bird because i want it because it's a very spindly kind of creature Mm -hmm. so i kind of just i look at the design i kind of think like um what do i expect it to sound like first of all and then a lot of dst things kind of go in weird directions so then i think like oh what would i what would be in kind of unexpected sound that would be in here that might Mm -hmm. also work um which is hard because it's kind of hard to always be thinking of what people aren't expecting. So that's, a, that's definitely a challenge with DST. But, um, but blending the kind of the monster voice that you're expecting with a kind of an unexpected layer to it or a different kind of technique is kind of how I approach most of the monsters in Don't Starve.
0: Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a nice approach and also like a lot of fun for experimenting. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the gargling water. I actually used that as well for for uh, another line uh, for, in, a, in a project and uh, yeah, I, I also can't recommend it, but on the other hand yeah. I can recommend <laughs> it because yeah, you you get some unique stuff out of there that's mm-hmm. instantly recognizable as people like drowning or, or having that that kind of experience that translates rather well, I think.
1: Yeah. There's another spider that I did. That I uh, I did another kind of. Again, I don't. I can't legally recommend it, but um, it was the. This I think this was the first monster I did for Don't Starve that used my actual voice. Um, was the nurse spider, mm-hmm. and she's a very bulky kind of uh, slobbery looking thing. So I was trying to think of ways that I could make my voice sound a little with without just like relying on adding stuff like in layers or in more for anything. So what I did was I put peanut butter at the back of my throat. Mm. Um, and I, I can't remember how many takes of this actually made it through, but I also, she also has these big thick fangs. So I tried putting, uh, baby carrots like in the lip of my mouth to kind of try and like buff it out a little bit and try to like increase that weird slobberiness like a bulldog kind of sound um and that was a lot of fun I have I have some videos from that that <laughs> I am I'm, I'm very happy with uh again a lot of moments where I had to take a break and drink some water and think about if this is the safest thing to be doing <laughs>
0: But at least it's tasty. I mean, peanut butter is nice. That's true, and I also I
1: realized, like, wait, peanut butter and baby carrots is actually a very good snack. It <laughs> tastes very good together. So, I got a few things out of that one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> more than you than you thought. That's nice. <laughs> so, yeah, that maybe brings me right to the topic. Um, I mean, for for creature vocals, uh, I can totally get it. But um, overall, how or when do you incorporate uh, field recording or, or foley work? Um, in your work? Is it like um, like with the creature vocals of course you had this um, they all have a human element then it's clear that you have to record something yourself probably
1: Yeah so um, I usually uh, reach for recording as kind of a I'm not finding anything that I like in the libraries Uh, we are very fortunate at Clay to have access to a lot of good libraries and then also very uh, very generous with like oh i I think we could use this library or this particular sound from this library um so I don't really run into it's very rare that I run into issues where I can't find a sound but there is sometimes where I just I'm spending way too much time trying to find sound and it's not coming up and it would just at that point, it's um, it'll save time to just record it myself because I know, mm-hmm. especially if I know what it sounds like and how to make it. Um, like very recently, uh, for the Wilson update, we had the sound of the torch being thrown and it landing in the ground. And at first, I was like, "Oh, that'll be super easy. Like there's everyone's dug something in the ground. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no way that I'm not going to be able to find this. The thing was the only things that I was finding was like shovels and metallic things. And there was clearly a metallic element in it. And the torch is just a wooden rod. And I knew, cause I'm staying at my parents right now while a uh, piece of stuff gets worked out. Um, I know that in my mom's shed, she has a bunch of, uh, like, rakes and shovels and stuff that I could potentially remove the metallic element of, but, you know, she had just a stick in there that was perfect. Um, and she also had potting soil. Mm-hmm. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I procured my mom's elements from the backyard and um, I ended up having to request sound myself, even though I was totally expecting to be able to find it sometimes there's just an element of it that it would take way too long to remove. Like I did, I did try to EQ out the more metallic frequencies, but Mm. that it was not, it it just wasn't working and I knew it would be faster to just record outside. Um, But then it also, that also does take time in and of itself because then you have to edit it and then you have to make sure that, there's no background sounds and um yeah, it, it's there's a few more steps than just pulling it from a library. But there is also the bad added benefit that you know that no one else has used this sound in their game. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Which right. is um an anxiety that I have a lot when I pull things from the library, especially if it's like a straight pull. I I I very, very rarely just pull things from a library and use it as it is, unless it's like perfect and adding things just make it worse. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, that's, I I do want to start doing more of my own recording for that reason, because I do, I I really, I know that it's probably only other sound designers that are going to recognize sounds that deeply, you know, but it is always a consideration that I have of like, God, I really hope that someone isn't like, oh, this is this is the sound from...
0: <laughs> from <laughs> this know. library I also have, yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. or from another game. Like uh, yeah. we have in Don't Starve together, or Don't Starve Original, there's the rabbit scream sound. Um, thankfully, there's not many recordings of rabbits screaming mm-hmm. that terribly. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately... For my job, there aren't that many recordings <laughs> yeah, yeah. of ter- rabbits screaming terribly. Well, um, so two I sides of the coin, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm glad no more rabbits are being tortured for art, Yeah. Um, but also. <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching um, an Elden Ring stream, and I heard the sound. And I was like, oh, no. But then I saw yeah. everyone, every single person in the chat was like, was that the Don't Starve Rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I was like, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Heard it first. I mean, I wasn't involved in that original decision, but yeah. it was still a moment where I was like, oh, that worked in our favor.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. So let me let me connect with that, maybe to go a bit more back um, about your starting um, field recording as a hobby, because you mentioned you're doing it more right now as a hobby and not uh, not so much for the job but want to change that but um yeah speaking of field recording as a hobby what's your reason to go out and record sound what's your motivation there and how did it start
1: well it started with just like um in general it's like i've well, i have the skill and it's something that i can do um when i'm out and just like build my library it started off as a very like um, something that I can use in recording, but then I noticed that, um, during the recordings and then listening back after is the, it's a very almost meditative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, cause I was doing it a lot, like out in nature and out on walks when there's like really nice atmosphere or like there's an interesting bird or a bug sound that I want to get. Um, when you're listening through headphones, you are hearing so much more than your regular ears hear. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so nice. It's like, it's like looking through a zoom lens or something. You can really just zone out and listen to things that you wouldn't normally be able to hear. Um, and then the nice thing is also later listening back if I can like close my eyes and think back to when I was there, it really, it takes me back almost more than a picture does sometimes. Um, especially like if I'm with certain people and I hear them in the background and their footsteps and the area that we were in. Um, so it was not, it was not what I went out to do when I first started uh, field recording outside of gigs. Um, it's just kind of become something that I really, really enjoy doing, regardless of if it's something I think I can use. I just like to listen back to trips I've taken or hikes. Um, and I even have a recording from, uh, I think it was uh, on the the train to Comic-Con <laughs> <laughs> um, or on the bus trolley kind of thing. And that specific ambience and the sound of the the trolley just always takes me back to that kind of time and that excitement of like getting into the convention and you're hearing a bunch of people talking about different convention stuff. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's nice to have a snapshot of a time, especially if you're someone like me who does a lot of deep listening and is, is kind of good at, um, just closing your eyes and taking in the, the space not in a, in a visual way but in an auditory way. So that's how I kind of came to be doing it more as a hobby than as a uh, necessarily something to be used in production.
0: Yeah, I see. And so you're, you're not probably trying to <laughs> meld that into your work more
1: no, um, no. I also, with uh, mm-hmm. the trolley one, I don't think I'd be comfortable using it. Yeah, of course. Not with the recording person. other yeah. people. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I treasure those recordings. I like listening back to them every so often and just kind of putting myself back in that area. Especially if you get a nice, uh, like a stereo recording. Mm-hmm. It really, uh, it's very nice and immersive. Although I just have the Zoom, uh, I don't remember exactly, but I just have like a little Zoom recorder. But even that is, is enough to just kind of capture the, the field. And um, I mean, you also remember recording it, right? So you're sitting yeah. there and you remember like listening to things that you don't normally hear with your regular ears. But also you're doing deep listening anyway. So it's like double enhanced. <laughs> It's very fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's something I can relate to, of course. I mean, um, for me for me personally, I um, really enjoy recording time I spent with my daughter at different ages. And uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. And also trying to get here, of course, interested. Uh, I just had my first little recording session with her, going out in nature and having her have the headphones on. And I have an underwater mic and showed her how to throw it into the lake and how it sounds. Oh, and, that's so fun! Yeah, seeing I her just that deeply immersed—that that was amazing.
1: Yeah, literally immersed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was
0: <laughs> interesting. And it—I actually—I she's she's three now, so so it's like really early. But um, so I expected her to just try it for like a minute and then that's that. But she was actually very very blown away by the sounds and asked me to throw it at different places and tried herself to move it around and what it what it sound like and so yeah my heart melted a bit of course (laughs)
1: yeah oh my god my heart is melting listening to that
0: (laughs) yeah and the thing is i'm i'm i now have the recording of the microphone she used but also i kept the zoom mics on so i have the ambience recording of us talking about it while we were doing it so um yeah i can totally relate to that no, I have that moment captured, and yeah.
1: That's so sweet. Oh, yeah, that's like, takes up less space than a video too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. On a hard and,
0: drive. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. And sound is always, as you said, sound is, um at least for me or for, for most people, I think, um, even if they don't realize it, more intense than the picture. And um, yeah, so... Yeah, I think that's going to be... My, my photo album is go, probably going to be more like a sound library album thing. That's so sweet.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me.
0: Of course, of course. I'm happy to. I mean, I'm proud of myself <laughs> of the yeah. coming coming uh, new sound designer in my family. So <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> or maybe not. I don't care. Whatever she does, uh, as long as she has fun. Um, yeah, um, going back to the field recording, you said um, you already had the skill, so... My question I like to ask every guest, and so of course, also you too is um, do you remember why you did uh, record your first sound, and uh, what was it?
1: Wow, um let's see i <laughs> I kind of had a weird trajectory into what I do. um I started well, not too weird, I guess um uh, most people I feel in our industry start off as musicians, <laughs> um, but I knew that. I didn't really want to be a musician. Um, I mean, I liked doing it, but I didn't like it enough to go through what I knew musicians went through (laughs) to make it a a career. So I was trying to think of ways that I could still interact with that world um, and use the skills that I developed without necessarily playing an instrument. Um, So, well... I will say the first thing I think that I could say that I recorded was probably in middle school when I would record um covers of anime songs
0: <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> which for a period I was deeply embarrassed by um and I I removed all the vi- I used to upload them to YouTube I was so proud of them and at one point I got super embarrassed and deleted all of them and now I'm like Damn, I wish I didn't do that because yeah. those were like my first like times recording. I remember like learning um, different techniques and listening to how different people who got better microphones, how it just made it sound so much more professional and being fascinated by what that kind of divide is between like um, like just recording with a webcam mic and recording with a with a professional mic. And then also like editing techniques and doing stuff in Audacity. Um, So I think that was my very, very first foray. Um, But then when I was in high school and starting to think a little bit more seriously about like what I wanted to do with my life, um, that's when I started thinking about what kind of things adjacent to music can I do that use those same skills that I feel like I've been developing with my ear and kind of with technology. Um, so that's when I decided that I wanted to go into, uh, recording. Um, though it didn't, it didn't necessarily start off with, uh, wanting to record music. Um, I will be honest, my cousin is, uh, he works at Warner Brothers and I was thinking how I could use that connection Mm -hmm. in the future to kind of get into the world of maybe production sound or post-production sound. So that was the, that was the guiding star to where I am now. Um, I decided to apply to um, Loyola Marymount University's recording arts program because they had the, the major was in the school of film and television. And there were not a lot of majors that were, um, that were focused in that way. Although there was also an element of music recording, which I thought was cool too. And I did want to kind of explore that, maybe not as a profession again, because it wasn't, it didn't interest me enough to go through what I knew people in the music industry on any side went through. Um, -hmm. so hopefully that was linear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, um, it's, it's always interesting to, to ask that question because most people don't really remember, but it, it triggers some kind of start of the journey moment and, uh, maybe also something else pops up then. So it's always an interesting answer. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. So definitely popped up because I, I usually, I feel like when people ask like, oh, how did you get into it? I start at high school, like yeah. with the music. But then I was like, no, wait a second. I know somewhere where I started recording before that, though. Yeah. And it was anime covers for you, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, but it's nice. I mean, yeah, it's a shame that you deleted them, but I can't imagine. because I know. It's always the, you, you always have that period of time where you're ashamed of the things you did as as a younger person and mm-hmm. then and then you get the regret i mean basically I, I think everyone i know has that kind of either it's poems or it's photographs or it's whatever art you did but uh, yeah that's the general process so mm-hmm. um yeah then then coming to to recording and to the the that kind of path how how then did you land in game audio especially because i mean it's it's different from the linear stuff for movies or for other productions because, yeah, as you know, and hopefully everyone else knows as well, it's different when you design a sound that's heard once in a movie than when you have to design like five variants of a sound that can essentially play hundreds of times in, in games.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, through most of my college uh, college learning, I was pretty sure that I would end up in either production sound or post-production um, I was working a lot with the production students and I was doing a lot of onset recording uh, because there was very few people that wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got, I got pretty good at that. Although it wasn't my favorite thing to do just because it's, it's pretty overwhelming. Um, I I don't, it's a little overstimulating for me, just so many different places that you have to be and, paying attention for so many hours a day. And it's, it's, I'm sure for some people that's exhilarating for me, it was exhausting. Mm. (laughs) Um, but I, I, there were definitely sets that I enjoyed and I really, really valued the experience that I got on those sets with like working with, uh, actors and, uh, producers and kind of learning how the sausage gets made that way. And also learning how to do the post-production and how kind of learning both of those made me better at both of them. Like doing post-production made me better at doing production sound because I knew what I would need when I'm editing it and what would be annoying if I'm editing it, Mm -hmm. um, and then also doing, uh, doing production sound made me better at post production, um, in a similar way. So, um, that was what I did for a lot of my schooling was, uh, student films recording on set and then editing it after. In my senior year though, uh, there was a group of us in animation and computer science that really wanted to make a game for our thesis. We didn't have any kind of game design or game programming major at the school, so this was kind of the only way that we would be able to do something like this. And I've always loved games. since i was very small like my dad was always a gamer and like you with your daughter uh introducing her to recording he was always introducing me to gaming so um i've i've always had a deep fondness for games and i was like i hadn't really considered it as a career choice and then when i started working on the thesis And seeing kind of the unique way that game audio works and the kind of puzzles that you have to solve to implement it, it was just, it was almost like addictive. I was so much more into it. It's so much more, um, it almost feels like a game in itself. It's not just, okay, I make something and then it's in and this is what someone will hear forever. It's like, no, you have to figure out where it's going to play, how often it's going to play. If someone's going to get annoyed by hearing it, if they play in a certain way, there's a lot of psychology to it. And I enjoy the psychology side of um, designing sounds a lot. So there was more of a kind of psychological element, I feel, to um, game audio design and implementation. And I was just like, man, if I could do not only just designing sounds, but implementing them. I feel like that seems like the most fun that I could have with audio for what I enjoy doing.
0: I see. So you're also big into the implementation side as well. So you're not just like the sound designer making the sounds, but you're also doing the implementation then I I reckon?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, which I was not expecting Mm because I took a programming class while I was in college and that's the only class I dropped out of because I was just so overwhelmed. Um, and I think looking back, I don't think the teacher was teaching in a style that worked for me. So it makes sense, but it was a little bit like, oh, I guess this isn't for me, but approaching it from the different angle of, well, I'm trying to get a sound that I made to play in a specific way. Um, or I'm trying to get this to this soundscape to happen in a certain way. Um, I really understood kind of why people get into programming because it's it's mm. just puzzles and it's figuring stuff out. and the satisfaction of getting a sound that I made to play the way that I expect it to. there there is no Satisfaction in production and post production sound that matched that,
0: yeah um, I can imagine. yeah,
1: so that's when it kind of clicked for me. I'm like, oh, I really like doing both of these things, um, and ideally, I would like to do both, um, but I understand that programming is an entirely separate beast. <laughs> because I had friends that were in computer science and I was like, there's no way that I'm going to get a computer science degree. So, um, what I ended up doing was just kind of wherever I landed, I tried to see how much of the implementation I could do myself, um, without interfering with the final product. Like I wasn't going to be like, no, I'm not going to use a programmer. I'm going to do it all myself, no matter how long it takes. Like Mm -hmm. I had to keep in mind that we had due dates and there was things that had to get done, but I would all, if there was something that I didn't feel like I could do myself, I would usually ask the programmer if I could either watch while they do it or if they had time to kind of explain to me the process, um, which, was nice because then I developed a relationship with the programmers that, um, I feel like I wouldn't have otherwise if I just gave them the sounds like it's kind of, it brought me closer to the programmers that I work with a lot for implementing stuff. And it also helped me develop a skill that I really want to develop. And luckily the last few places that I've been at Ben studio and at clay, they've been, uh, very, very, uh, What's the word I'm looking for?
0: <laughs> no, I, I want to say in,
1: indulging.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs>
1: maybe not yeah. indulging, but something like that. Like they've they've wanted me to learn what I want to learn. Yeah. Um. So in that way, it's I haven't been taking like programming classes or doing anything like that but just kind of steadily gaining more knowledge through that kind of approach.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can just say from my perspective, as I'm a trained programmer and have been... <laughs> uh, oh, really? For, yeah, I have been a full-time programmer for like 12, 15 years maybe. Wow. And just got into sound design like five years ago. Um. So the, the fun thing is that people always seem to think, just like you said, programming is a whole different beast. And it sure is, but it started out, like, in the beginning, it started out that it was like programming was programming. But then it quickly split up into, like, maybe you're doing database or maybe you're doing website front ends, or you do big data analytics stuff. Or it's so many fields now that you can't really say um, one can program or can't program because there's stuff that i with my experience with my years of experience when i see i have no idea what's happening there because it's just not my field at all but i think the basic i would say think like a programmer that that people say is like um yeah enjoying the logic loops and the if then clauses and all the like basic building blocks of every programming language or every scripting language is something I think everyone can get into and doesn't necessarily need to study and I think your approach is, is the right way because just like you said um, first of all it gives you the satisfaction that you can realize how you want the sound to be in game but also you understand more of the system and can talk better to the programmers about like the handover point at that point where it's like okay i can do integration at to some degree but at this point i need your help and then mm-hmm. you can yeah you have a kind of common understanding and a common language and i think yeah people should be encouraged to learn programming and especially on the side because i started out teaching myself and with a couple of friends we, we we basically teach ourselves programming because in our school there wasn't something as programming, so we worked at nights on programming and slept during school, <laughs> <laughs> and then we fixed the school's computers because we were the only ones that had the knowledge to oh do so. The, the teachers weren't qualified enough, so actually it started the other way around. I I got the education myself and then went into the the job and learned it there, and it's yeah I think I think especially with programming. I, everyone I, I hear talking about something like, yeah, that would be interesting to get into, but it's a different beast or something, I try to encourage them to, to learn something very simple because there are so many tutorials for very simple, maybe just a website or maybe just a, a little app or something that's not as, yeah, I would say time-consuming than back then where you need like five years to learn all the things to finally make a program run on your PC because now it's like... You have stuff like Google Go or something where you can click uh, sentences together and build something. But the the underlying understanding is the, is the same. It's like a logic and it follows a path and you quickly get to a point where you understand why computers or games sometimes crash. Because you yes. understand, you make a very, very dumb mistake, but you also realize it just after an hour because you read your stuff and you think like, oh yeah, I told him to exactly do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can just encourage you to (laughs) pursue that further when it interests you and if not then stop at that point and that's fine.
1: Yeah I think I think the hole that a lot of people get into is like should I learn this skill and can I be good enough at it that someone will hire me for it Mm -hmm. and I think that's where I kind of in college I was like okay, well, I'm not going to be able to be good enough at this that someone will hire me to be a programmer, so there's no point in focusing on it. But now, like you said, like there's so much that you can benefit from just learning the basics. Um, and like in the same way that learning to do production sound helped me as a post-production editor, learning to do some basic programming and kind of how the sausage gets made in that way has made me a better sound designer. Cause it makes me, it, it makes it faster because there's, uh, decisions that I make that I'm like, okay, this is probably not going to work. Yeah. Um, and I don't have to wait until I design it and give it to a programmer for them to say, this is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah. it also kind of, uh, forces you to think in a different way of like, okay, well, how can I get this to work? Um, and luckily we have stuff like FMOD that does a lot of the, the kind of programming for you, but still gets you to think in the way of like, well, how do I want this to play back? And even though you're not necessarily writing code, it's still kind of getting you in the mindset of like, yep. I want this to play back in a certain way. And that is definitely a kind of design in its own way.
0: Yeah exactly when when you mentioned that your your music production or, or the the live sound recording and all that stuff wasn't for you but it teached you a lot of things that is maybe uh, I think something we can give as advice is for people starting out that basically everything you do can be of some significant later so it doesn't matter where you start out um, just start with something in an area that's interesting to you and then you will find your way mm-hmm. um, But on that topic, maybe, do you have any other advice for aspiring sound artists that are looking to break into the industry? Anything that you said, maybe in retrospective, you would have done differently? Or maybe something where you said, I didn't really understand it at the time, but that was really beneficial?
1: The the main thing that I usually say, and it's it's unfortunately starting to get a little bit harder because of the whole Twitter thing, is... uh, Get into the game audio Twitter community. <laughs> um unfor- there's still a good amount of people that are still on Twitter. Um, but unfortunately, we did take a hit when Elon Musk happened. Mm. So um I I have gotten so much just out of seeing what other people do. And the cool thing about this community is everyone's so generous with their techniques. Um their Their stories, their their work, as much as we can be when we're under NDAs, yeah, of course, um, and that kind of thing. Just it's always a fountain of inspiration and support, um, and also job opportunities. Because I, whenever I see someone sharing a job opportunity, I always retweet it. Yeah, me um, too. I know a lot of people. That's pretty much the only way that they use Twitter anymore is just to uh, boost uh, job opportunities? Um, but that's that's just the the, the pure kind of uh, business, well, not, I guess not pure business. it's It's also a social side because the community is just so tight-knit and so kind um, and smart that yeah. I just I'm always learning something new from other sound designers. I do know that there's a oh no, I'm forgetting it. there's a there's a social media that was made just for audio people, yeah,
0: I think you mean air wiggles
1: air wiggles. Yeah. yes, air wiggles. so i'll 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 plug that because I would yeah. really like that to take off, even though I'm not on it as much as I would like to be. Um, but I think that's a great idea because I really think we've got something special with this community that I don't feel like a lot of my friends in other kind of divisions of creative uh, industries really get like there's a bit of it in art but it's it's there's just so many people yeah. and i mean there's a lot of people in audio but we're also a little bit of a niche still so
0: yeah exactly and this podcast is the niche of a niche because i'm <laughs> more yeah. focusing on on the recording side of things but I found that to be very interesting and i also have people from not only the game audio community but from other ways of life and uh but the yeah as you said before the listening active listening and the almost meditation that seems to connect with a lot of people from different fields um, but yeah i can also really recommend Arabic because i'm also on it um, trying to engage myself more but especially as it's not just like twitter with the short messages and ads and stuff but with also really long form articles about, yeah, techniques or someone did something interesting or build a, a new instrument or whatever you want to do there. It's all just audio centered and very community driven and no ads. So um, oh, yeah, no really ads. recommend it to everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm go- I need to start going back on Air Wiggles more. Yes, please. I think this might be my, uh, This. Th- I'm going to put it on my homepage. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to force myself to go to it. Because <laughs> I, I, I really do miss. There's still a lot of it on Twitter, but yeah, it's definitely taken a hit.
0: Yeah, the thing is, I I just got really into Twitter again um, after the oh. the whole thing happened. So for me, it has been a great experience because I I use it barely, and then I use just my filtered list of people um, that I like to see, and it's mostly audio people. Yep. And um, yeah, I can, yeah, as I said, totally attest to that that the. The audio community is really just loving and open, and uh, you can ask people advice, and then after you, you gotten some really long-winded answer. You find out <laughs> it's like a major sound designer for AAA titles. Yeah, and you, yeah, get starstruck, and it's it's just it's just feels yeah so welcoming to to everyone. Um, I hope we can keep that up for forever. Um, yeah, so. Also, on, on, the, on the point of giving advice to maybe people starting out, um, do you remember if there's anything you struggled with the most starting out, maybe it's with recording or sound design and um, how, how you overcome it?
1: I feel like something that I really struggled with and that I still kind of struggle with is kind of feeling overwhelmed by the technology. And not being sure if what I'm using is the highest quality, um, if I'm using it in the most effective way. Um, and also wondering if I should be spending more money on things. Because <laughs> I have a hard time spending a lot of money, even if it's something that I really want. But if it's, especially if it's something like a recorder or a microphone where I know a bit about what the value of it is, but there's also just so much technical terms and yeah. I feel overwhelmed and I feel a little bit ashamed that I don't know more about it. Um, that, that held me back a lot. And I just wanna say like, when you're starting out, you don't have to have the best stuff. It, it makes a difference, but it doesn't make enough of a difference that you should be intimidated. Yeah. If you just get a Zoom recorder and you don't hook up a microphone to it, you're still going to record sounds, and it's still going to be, I mean, pretty good, honestly. Some of the stuff that you can get from the Zoom microphone, uh, the the built-in Zoom microphones, I mean, you're not going to probably be able to sell it as a like unique pack, <laughs> like with a yeah. selling point of it being a super expensive microphone. But you're still going to record sounds, and you're going to get that. Uh, knowledge and you're going to be able to use that in projects um so I'd say just like it's always good to learn about the technology and the hardware um, but don't let it overwhelm you to the point where it's holding you back like be curious always be trying to understand more of what those technical terms mean on the the description listing but um yeah, that that's definitely something that in my undergrad, I felt a lot of pressure uh, to always know the the most about the hardware that I'm using. And if I didn't, I felt very like, I guess, a little bit of posture syndrome. Me, like, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh well, if this is what I'm doing, this should all be easy for me to understand. But it's that that whole world is a different monster than just recording for designing like and if it interests you then absolutely dive into it as much as you can but if it's stressing you out and you're doing it just because you feel like this is what you need to do to be a sound designer um then just don't don't let that get to you <laughs> that's what I wish I could tell myself back in college and I yeah. think another part of it is also cuz I was uh I was presenting as female and there was not a lot of female recording artists. Um, So there was also kind of the pressure to be more technically savvy or that I had to kind of overcome that because I didn't want to seem like I wasn't competent in that way.
0: Yeah, maybe also on that front, um, how how was your experience getting into the game audio community and and getting hired? Is it like, um, yeah, we just talked about is the audio community uh, is very welcoming and warm, but how about the game community as a whole? What's your experience there? Is Yeah. Is it also the same, hopefully?
1: (laughs) Well, I have a bit of a unique situation. I was extremely lucky to get an internship with PlayStation, right out of college um which i know not a lot of people get so um i did have a little bit of a head start there but i did find out that there is not really a ton of support for newcomers within the industry uh there's not really a how should i say this there's not a path clear made clear for you. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the progress that I've made is because I've made connections with actual people in the industry. Um, And largely because it's other audio people and not necessarily um, game developers. It's been through other audio people helping each other out. Um, But I was, After my Ben Studio job, I kind of realized just how little support there is built into the industry. Um, And it was kind of a rude awakening, but that made me appreciate the community that we've built kind of internally among sound designers even more because it's kind of filling the void that I feel like um, the games industry is kind of lacking. Which, unfortunately, I think games can get away with that because there is so many people that want to get into it. Mm-hmm. They really don't need to put in effort into helping people get jobs because people will apply for it. So I think that's kind of the ecosystem that's evolved is that don't, don't expect companies to help you. Don't expect... Uh, what's, what's the term? like contracting agencies. At Mm -hmm. one point, I really thought that they were going to, like once I had someone that was a contracting agent, like it would be like for actors or musicians, like they would get me work. That's not the case. Um, You're just going to have to really keep an eye out for openings. You're going to need to, yeah, just make friends with the right people. And not just connections. Like don't just like make a friend with someone just for the connection that they'll have. Like make it have them understand that you're actually passionate about this and
0: make friends. Make (laughs) friends, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's not hard in in game audio. Like I've I've never felt like I was forcing a connection. I feel like we're all the same kind of weirdos (laughs) weirdos <laughs> yes we yeah. all like the same thing um yeah. and I think my favorite thing about um the game audio community and just like audio people in general is we don't really have egos because <laughs> I don't think anyone but our little community notices what we do yeah like maybe someone who is really really listening for sound that is not a sound person but for the most part we're a little bit of an isolated community. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I enjoy that a lot.
0: Yeah, same here. I mean, um, for me, it's always interesting because I'm I'm the audio nerd. But when I see stuff like, I don't know if you've seen the D- Dune movie, the remade uh, one, but the sound just blew me away in the cinema. And um, then I saw like the behind the scenes, and of course it was Hans Zimmer, and everyone <laughs> knows the com- uh, his work and his persona. But I was like looking and f- trying to find out about the behind the scenes of the, the sound. And fortunately, there is a, a really nice, I think it's like 30 minutes long, like a behind the scenes for the sound team. And they were lucky enough that they had, before the f- movie even started, like a half half year before, they had time to experiment and visit the desert and do like oh, recordings cool. where they buried, them, buried their microphones in the sand. And it was just it was genius to me and, and the, the things they did with sound in that movie was absolutely mind-blowing, but no one knows their name. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it's also good. So hopefully I can get them on the podcast at some point. That would but, be amazing. Um, yeah. Otherwise, on the other hand, I, I kind of want to like shout it out and, and say, look at those those people, what they did. is It's so amazing. But yeah, as you said, I also enjoy it because that, that always leads to other problems and... Um yeah I don't think we need more stars in the limelight
1: no, and i do i've I've always been someone who didn't enjoy being in the limelight like but i I really enjoy hanging out with other people who are behind the scenes type people <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> same. i'm I'm very grateful that I landed in this very particular kind of niche that not only has is involved with a type of media that I have enjoyed my entire life, but also uses a skill that I feel like I've been pretty good at and also has the type of people that I really like to hang out with. Like it's just such a sweet spot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It all comes together. Um, Yeah. So uh, on that front, I mean with the game audio community, we we also have that, but um, how, how is your experience with, working with other members of a game development team do you have a lot of like sessions where you try to work it out together how this stuff should sound or feel or is it more like you have the design and it's finished and you get to put your take on it sound wise
1: i've definitely had moments where i uh i work with the animators and like i'll maybe have an idea for something i'm like hey can you kind of um make this into the animation Mm -hmm. or like can you kind of uh, uh, adjust for this and that those moments are really cool and on the other hand i've had animators who will be animating with a sound in mind and kind of present it to me like hey like i've i have this kind of idea in my head i'm not really sure exactly how i want it but i've i've left in a spot for that and i'll show you where it is if you want to do something cool with that. And I, I love that shit. Like that kind of, um, collaboration of coming together to make the sound more, um, more effective. I'm not sure if I've had, uh, the same kind of experience with programmers, but there's definitely, um, I've definitely had moments where I present something to a programmer and they've come up with cool ways that we could implement it or we've worked together to like come up with a new way that it could happen if there's a little reworking that needs to be done. Um, So it's, it's so cool when you get to work with people who kind of have, who have sound in mind when they're, they're working on stuff. And then also doing stuff with the, the the animation and the programming in mind as well.
0: Yeah, I feel that's also a, a little bit on our um, plate, so to say, that we should um, bring a bit of our world into theirs and, and otherwise, because um, I've certainly worked with people that at the beginning said, like, yeah, I don't know, just make some sound of, for this or... I can imagine, I don't know, maybe jungle ambience or something like that. So very broad terms. And I always try to get into more dialogue and explain some things and, and show some things so they get excited and interested and so we can mm-hmm. collaborate. And I think, um, yeah, maybe also for, for people starting out, don't don't be afraid to do that because just someone seems uninterested at first doesn't mean he is. That probably just means he does have no idea what's possible. Um or what exactly you do or can do. So, um, yeah, that's, that's always, always fun, as you said, when you have those moments where the inspiration fuels others' inspiration and otherwise, and it goes back and forth. Um, also on that topic, uh, how, how do you find inspiration for new sounds or for audio design ideas? Is it just, does it just come to you as a, like if creative inspiration th- thunder, or is it sometimes really hard work, research, stuff like that?
1: Sometimes it just, it does just come to me and it's just kind of, uh, it works out. A lot of the times I'm, I have to really, especially for like, don't starve. Cause there is a lot of expectation for things to be very wacky and outside the box. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I have a good amount of times just gone to like a website that generates a bunch of random nouns. And I will pick a few of those nouns and then I will go into my library and see what sounds come up and just try to, like, think of ways that I could use the sounds that come up unconventionally. Um, This doesn't often come up with anything, like, one-to-one, but it'll usually lead me to somewhere, um, like, it'll lead me down a path where I think, like, oh, wait, well, this wouldn't work, but what if I did something like that? Mm, um yeah. and that's that's a good place that I can go to if I get really in a rut. Um luckily Don't Starve does have a few kind of key uh design elements in it that can be a bit of a guiding factor. So I'm not like just pulling out of the pool of any sound that can happen ever. We have a lot of musicality, there's a lot of instruments and um it's very victorian era mm-hmm, and very yeah. uh physical and tactile so with those kind of things i do a lot of like we have a lot of recordings that we bought of like destroyed pianos <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. just uh smashed and like weird resonance and cool like wood sounds so i'll repurpose a lot of those kind of sounds for stuff because they have elements of the 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 or the uh the aesthetic of the game so if you have a strong aesthetic in the the piece of media that you're working on that helps so at least for me i like to have like that kind of structure and then i can deviate from it but um yeah
0: <laughs> that's that's a really great tip with the nouns with the random nouns because um never thought of that but it's a uh... I, I definitely will want to use that now, so thanks yeah, for that. <laughs> no.
1: I I've, I can find the website. It I do usually have to put in quite a few, like I have to go through a few to get something that's actually usable. Um, But even still, like it gets my brain thinking of like, yeah. oh, I forgot that that thing exists in the world. Like, I wonder what it sounds like. Um, yeah, that's the point, just, yeah.
0: just to get you started. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you find that website, it would be nice. We, we can uh, link it here in the description yeah for um, sure, yeah. and maybe going going a bit f- further back now against the recording stuff. um do you have any favorite things you you love to record yourself or favorite places, even? I mean, obviously creature vocals, but
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like the first thing that comes to mind is obviously nature. Mm-hmm. Um, just going out into some quiet field and listening to whatever is being recorded. Lots of birds, lots of bugs. When you really like stop and just listen to all the small details, you realize just how much life is happening around you, even when you don't really see it. Um, and it, I've, I've also kind of been getting into like birding lately. So it's always exciting for me to hear a bird and be like, oh, I wonder what that one is. And there's actually, there's an app that um, mm-hmm. you can. Uh, it will like record a bird sound and it'll compare it with a database, and sometimes it can tell you what bird it is. Um, that's a bit of a uh, segue, but <laughs> I think
0: it's I <laughs> yeah, well, that's called BirdNet. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Birdnet. So if if you're also interested in that, but yeah, just like
0: yeah, I know that one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. I'm trying to think if there's anything more obscure than nature. <laughs> I feel like it's such no, I mean, a it's fine generic that. thing. Yeah, but,
0: yeah, but it's yeah, fine. I, it's not. I mean, it's on the surface it's generic, but as you said, when you really stop and listen and listen for not just like 10 minutes and try to get some recording of the place, but really maybe sit there for half an hour or an hour or maybe longer, whatever, you have time, then you get really into all the details and find some things that you suddenly realize they were always there, but you didn't like really listen to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that's... I think that's that's important to get across that even something <laughs> boring I mean nature isn't boring, but even having like a busy street or some I don't know some cellar that has like a humming noise from the generator or something um when you really spend some time there, you can find so many details in there um the world of sound is very very deep. <laughs>
1: Another, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, you said uh, like a corridor or something. Mm-hmm. Another thing I really like is when places have interesting reverbs.
0: Oh, yes. Um, yeah.
1: Like, I remember uh, in Oregon, there's these lava caves that have the weirdest reverb because it's like this weird, like, sometimes it's glassy, sometimes it's holy lava rock, mm. Um and if you just like clap and listen to the reverb and you just do that a couple times, there will be like each time I feel like there's a new kind of element that you realize is getting amplified by the space. And you think like this, this exact reverb can only happen in this exact space.
0: That's really it's interesting. Yeah.
1: Very, very cool. I love to do that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's now very interesting to me. Um, because I'm, I'm starting to get into the whole um, reverb recording stuff, of impulse responses, mm-hmm. and I find that really interesting, but I've never thought about places that have changing reverb, um, but mm. that's that's a field that's also very interesting, and maybe also, I mean, there, there, there we already have the point of, I mean, you could record the impulse response, but as you said, that would be this moment in time, and tomorrow or in the next minute it would sound different, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's already a world again there. So, yeah, um, that leads me to my next question that's that's also always on my mind is um, what did you always want to record but didn't get the chance yet? Do you have anything like on your bucket list, any place or anything you want to have in your oh, library?
1: I can't remember where it is, but there's this place that they have... Um, they're like tubes built into a cliffside um, or not a cliffside, but an oceanfront. And as waves crash into it, the wind pushes out and it's like a, a weird flute thing. Mm. It's, it's so cool. I would love to visit it someday. Cause I just think that's such a cool concept that someone came up with. Um, There's also, there's the, the echo, what's it called? It's like this huge dish that basically you can whisper into it on one side, and if someone is standing on the other side, they will hear it perfectly, like yeah it just there's this it, building right, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I would love to visit that, just not to like record it or but anything, to hear it, right? just yeah, just yeah. for the the acoustic experience for the phenomenon would be really, really cool,
0: yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, funny enough, there's an impulse response uh, recording from that place that's all really? made and and yeah and uh, set online i will link it uh, in the description i will send you uh, it, yeah it no i'd it's, love to have that yeah because it's very interesting i mean it's not that it's an interesting reverb but it's without knowing it um yeah i i also want really want to be there and and experience it for myself and also like walk around and listen to how it, the sound changes while you're walking around there on those places yeah. because yeah i i think that's where the effect really gets interesting when you when you feel the The whispering come in and out and then the reverb changing. Oh, I
1: hadn't even thought about that. Well, now I really want (laughs) to (laughs) go. Yeah.
0: Both on a bucket list now. So Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is there anything else on your bucket list you want to go to?
0: Uh, Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things, but I also talked uh, about this with another guest I had on here. There's this nagging thing in my head where I'm like, yeah, I would really like to visit all these beautiful places and like uh, some amazing waterfalls or some nature jungle but also is it really like ecological to fly a plane somewhere just to record some sounds in the jungle yeah. or should I collaborate with people that are living there and know the nature know the spaces and say hey I want this sound for a project um, yeah let's you record it I pay you um, mm-hmm. maybe that's the better thing to do and but yeah, to be honest, one thing that is definitely on my bucket list for hopefully when I'm 60 or something is to somehow record something in space. I mean, wow. I know space is not really a place where you can record, but maybe the inside of a rocket while it takes off, maybe a space station, maybe a moon base, something like that, um, because I feel that is going to be very interesting indeed.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've always been... A, obsessed with space to a degree. Um, and now that I'm in sound, it's always in the back of my mind. At some point I, I definitely want to uh, record the start of a, of a rocket. There are great recordings now, but I want to be there and feel that because yes. yeah, the, the, the feeling is probably the best part of it.
1: I wonder what it sounds like on the inside of a ship yes. when it's taking off too.
0: Yes. There, there are a lot of recordings from Rockets taking off, but not really good recordings from the inside because they don't have expensive mics there. They just have yeah. the technical things they need for it to work and for the communications. But having like a maybe ambisonic thing in there, whoa, that would be amazing.
1: Oh, that would be so cool. Well, I hope you do it because <laughs> yeah. I really want to hear it.
0: <laughs> I, I will definitely shout it from the rooftops when I get the chance. Yes, but it, yes. <laughs> it will probably take some time. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're coming up uh, over an hour now. Um, just... Oh, Maybe wow. as, a, as a last thing, um, do you want to plug anything? I mean, obviously Don't Starve Together is a great game, so <laughs> everyone go out and buy it and play it with your friends. Um, if you have anything other anything other you want to mention, feel free.
1: Um, Air Wiggles, join Air Wiggles. <laughs> that's join what Air I Wiggles. want to plug.
0: Yeah, that's good. It's a good plug. Come to the Audi yeah. community. We are very, very nice people.
1: Yeah, we have cookies. <laughs> we have cookies, of course.
0: Okay, so thanks again for your time.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. This is great.
0: Looking for more audio-related podcasts to listen to? We're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance, featuring a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. Be sure to hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting on patreon.com slash fieldandfoley or ko field slash fieldandfoley, where you gain early access to episodes in lossless format and can submit questions for our guests. Thank you for listening.